0: Welcome to the Feel Good Running Podcast, where our goal is to keep you motivated, inspired, and energized. As a runner, or perhaps you are looking for the right motivation to become one, you've definitely found the right place. We share inspirational stories from real runners, motivating running related information, and much more to help you feel good about your running. And now, your host and a longtime feel good runner himself, Jim Lynch.
1: Hey runners, how are you? Well, I know, I know, I know, I know. My name is Jim Lynch. This is my podcast, Feel Good Running. I would like to welcome you to it. If you're new, welcome. If you are a regular listener, thank you. It means everything to me that you spend the time to listen to my blabbing and And the guests that I bring on to my episodes and the running content that I bring to you, I hope you enjoy it. There's a lot of running podcasts out there, very good running podcasts. And you chose mine, and I appreciate it. So thank you. I know there's been a little bit of time lapse since I put out my last episode. A lot of it has to do with me moving from Maui to Denver, Colorado. The move took a little bit longer than I expected and took up a lot more time than I wanted. I even had to go get my car, which I shipped from the mainland, from Maui. And the days I didn't have a car, my wonderful stepdaughter, let me use theirs, they have a spare one. Then I flew to Los Angeles and drove my car back to Denver from Long Beach. It was actually a wonderful drive. I love driving from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. And then Utah, going through Utah was amazing. And then, of course, Colorado, 1,048 miles in less than 48 hours. It was a great drive. So with all that involved with the move, it delayed me getting out the next episode. So thank you for your patience and hanging in there. Not that you were waiting on the edge of your seat for another episode to come out, but I do like consistency. So thank you. Well, runners, things are crazy out there. And we all know that. And uh, I was originally going to talk more about my move from Maui to Denver, but I think that I want to talk a lot more about what's going on in the running world right now and actually what's going on in the world in general, which is affecting so many things and our way of life and, of course, is affecting us runners. And since my podcast is about running, well, it's what I want to talk about. I'll get into my move from Maui to Denver and how I'm adjusting to my life on the mainland now in the next episode and actually more appropriately the next episode will include a great discussion before I left Maui we had a nice round table talk with some of the core runners and my closest running friends from Maui that were part of the Wednesday night running group in Kihei that I headed up before I moved here to Denver. And so I think putting it in all perspective, I'll hold off on discussing my move to Denver until the next episode, because there's just more important things to discuss Right now. And you can expect that episode to be out uh, sometime before the end of March. So look forward to that one. It will be released, promise you. All right. So, wow, man, I, I don't even know where to start on this. But aside from everything else that this coronavirus is affecting, It's definitely affecting the running world. And that's really what I want to talk about. I know it's affecting you personally. And you probably have been talking to a lot of your running friends and maybe somewhat or very frustrated. And uh, you already had plans and commitments for races and, and how this all affects you. And maybe my words will help you out a little bit. So I left Maui on February 13th, that evening. And I arrived in Denver on February 14th, Valentine's Day. And the coronavirus was starting to get some traction, but mostly in China. And uh, now it's it's just become crazy. Uh, things are flying off the shelves. Shelves are empty here in Denver. People seem to be panicked, and rightly so. So let's talk a little bit about the running world. Now, one thing I want to say that's very positive is that we are... A great sport to be in right now you can go out running and be socially distant from everybody and still get your exercise in if you belong to a gym you have to be around people and there's germs in there and you have to wipe each machine off every time you use it and we're not really a part of a team sport like soccer football baseball or whatever that there's several members on the team sure if you belong to a running group, then you're going to be around some other people, but you can still go out by yourself and run and not diminish any of your exercise. And that's a good thing. It is really amazing to see all the things that are canceled, all the professional sports such as the NBA, the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, deferred for a while, uh, Masters Tournament, Golf Tournament, NASCAR. I mean, it's just one after another after another. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy and it's hit the running world pretty hard. All the races here in Denver are shut down. Some of the ones that I like, like, uh, running to the green, that is an annual St. Patrick's day run in downtown Denver Uh, has been canceled. Now they are saying that it's postponed and will be rescheduled at a later date. But personally, I don't know how solid that is because we don't know the extent of this virus and how long it's going to be around. The Boston Marathon, the Boston Marathon has been postponed and they're talking about rescheduling it sometime in September and actually making that rescheduled day a holiday in Boston. So it keeps in tradition with Patriots Day and um uh, And so that's happening, but there's no guarantees because at this point, we have no idea what the status of the virus will be. And of course, nobody knows what the status is going to be at that point. It may be around still. It may be gone. They may have found a vaccine for it. We don't know. And that's what's scary about this whole thing. So the bottom line is it's pretty much all unknown at this time. And I know that there's a lot of people working on it, but... We have no idea what the future effects this virus is going to have on our way of life immediately or in the distant future. So I'm sure to pinpoint a race for a specific date in the future in the fall or any time for that matter is like looking into a crystal ball. And that is very hard for race directors and and event coordinators because of the uncertainties. So that said, I really want to talk to you a little bit about you as a runner and maybe give you a little bit of perspective so you can get through this a little bit better, both physically and mentally, where it pertains to running. I know that many of you that are listening have had a target race this spring, whether it was a marathon, 10K, 5K, ultra, whatever the race was, you have been working on it for quite some time, training and putting all your energy into it. And now the rug has been pulled out from underneath you. Your race has been canceled and you have nothing in the line of a race to look forward to. And what do you do? Well, you're a runner. And you know, when you're going through your training and you had your plan all worked out and There were times where you may have had to make some adjustments. We all have. It may have been weather related. Maybe a family situation came up. Maybe it was work related or maybe you had a a small brief injury, but you had to adjust your miles. It happens. We all have gone through it. And you're going to have to do the same thing right now. You're just going to have to adjust. And that's all you can do. So the first thing I want to tell you is don't give up. Don't give up at all. Because, you know, there is going to be a race coming up at some point. It may or may not be the race that you were planning on doing because of the cancellation or or postponement. So right now, maybe you just taper down your running, go out and enjoy it for a while. Until you have a clear picture of when your race will be rescheduled or if you have another race that's coming up that you know that the virus is behind us and the race is absolutely a go. I'm pretty confident in saying that the spring race season is pretty much history. So just get out there, get some fresh air, keep moving those legs. Like I said, social distancing, you can do that. We are in a wonderful sport where we can do that. We have the luxury to do that. Number two. Don't beat yourself up. No reason to beat yourself up. You have no control over this. Nobody does. Many are in the same boat as you. It's not worth it. It's not worth the mental torture of beating yourself up. Accept the reality and move on. Number three, don't get angry. There's no reason to get angry. It's only gonna upset you even more. Again, you have no control over this situation. Anger is not going to accomplish anything. And anger is a little bit different than disappointment. You can be disappointed. A lot of runners are disappointed right now. They lost their target race. That's very natural and it's part of being a human being. Again, accept it and move on. Number four, take this opportunity to become stronger. Get out there and keep running. Not your regular miles that you were doing in main training because you probably don't know your target date of any race right now. Nobody does, but keep running. Make a game out of it. Maybe you can work on getting faster. Go out and do a little bit more speed work. Maybe do some more hill repeats. Read up on running. Research some other training plans. There's some really good online trainers out there. Shake it up a little bit. Try some new things. You got the luxury of doing that right now. Do some things that'll help strengthen you during this period of time. So when you're ready to jump back into your training, when there's a definitive time that a race is coming up, you're going to be prepared. You're going to be ready to rock and roll. Number five, I don't know what the status is of your local running group if you're involved with one. Um, I know that there's been some big runs, uh, running group runs that have been canceled here in Denver but we have a subgroup and we still get together and we go out and run and we also go to breakfast afterwards. Uh, so, you know, if you're involved with the running group and you feel comfortable being around other people with this virus going on, then go do it because that's going to keep you motivated. And just being around like-minded people that are runners is is going to be a very positive thing for you during this period of time. Number six, don't do the blame game. Don't put this on somebody else. Don't blame the race director or their staff for canceling your target race. They had no control over this at all. And the last thing that they wanna do, any race director wants to do is cancel a race, but it's necessary for the running world to do its part to help stop the spread of this virus. So there's no sense in blaming. So those are some suggestions for you to think about. And uh, maybe it helped out a little bit, just hearing my voice and talking about it. Now I want to put on my race director hat and kind of give you a perspective from a race director's point of view. The first thing is, and I want to make it perfectly clear, and I mentioned this earlier, there is no race director or event coordinator that wants to cancel their event. That is the last thing on their mind, and probably up until two weeks ago, it probably wasn't even a thought. This has all come about so fast and so furious. So with that in mind, myself being a race director, I would ask of you, don't become irate or rude towards a race director or their staff, and please don't blast them on social media and in public or even in private by sending them a note. They already have enough on their plate right now and they feel terrible that they have to do what they have to do. They're all doing the best that they can. And please don't become aggressive demanding a refund or a deferral until next year because whatever date they may change it to may not fit in with your schedule. And realistically, the race that you signed up for may or may not happen this year. And if it's fully canceled, realistically, I think the only thing you can expect is possibly a discount into next year's race. And that is certainly not a guarantee, but a refund or a full deferral will probably be out of the question for most races. And there's probably language in the waiver that you signed when you registered for that particular race. Now, I believe some races offer race cancellation insurance to protect you. That's an extra charge. And most of us don't buy that insurance. But if you did, you may want to check on that. I know when I book a flight and they offer that insurance in case something happens, I never, I never buy it. So I would not be in that boat buying insurance for a race. And to be honest, who knew that this was all going to happen? So I guess what I'm trying to get at is be a part of the solution and not the problem our sport and runners are are so much better than that we are quality people and i realize you spent money on this race not only for the registration but for the travel and hotel and you know everything else I, I get that i get it absolutely get it but in this case you may just have to eat the cost and i'm not going to leave you hanging here and having you mad at me for saying that i want to explain the reasons why the race directors are going through a lot, a lot right now behind the scenes that you don't even know of. Not only do they have to worry about their families right now with this virus going on, but they have to worry about this race that was just postponed or, or possibly canceled. And I'm sure there's a lot of sleepless nights. So a lot of the money that they have received from your registrations and from sponsors have already been spent to put on the race. Most of the recent races that have been canceled or postponed were already set to go. And there is a lot to put on a race. It a costs a lot of money, a lot of advanced money to prepare for and to put on a race. It takes a village, and along with the race director, there's usually a staff, whether it's a non-profit or a for-profit race. There's always a staff, and you have to pay your staff during the year because it's an all-year-round job, and there's a lot of planning and work that goes into putting on this type of event. And for many of the staff, they already have other full-time jobs, so this is a additional job that they have that certainly takes time of their life throughout the year. Now, the pre-expenditures include the race shirts, medals, awards, which most likely have this year's date already printed on them, which is now obsolete. The chipped race numbers securing the Expo location, getting all the vendors, securing the water and the electrolytes for the race itself for all the aid stations, the food at the finish line, permits, shutting down the roads where necessary, securing the police, the company that provides cones and barricades and the company that provides tents for the finish line area, the medical crew that's going to be out there to make sure that if something happens to you that you're taking care of right away. If you're running a larger race in a larger city, security and evacuation plan, and this all came about after the Boston Marathon bombings a few years ago. All the advertising for the race, whether it's print, television, radio, social media, constant contact, whatever in that area, securing the timing company that's going to time the race. And it goes on and on and on. And being co-race director of the Maui Marathon, the last three years, I know what these expenses are like. And there's a lot of them. And many of them are paid in advance or at least a deposit is put down. So that eats into the funding for the event. So think about that. Think about how much has gone in to put on the race that was just canceled already. And think about how the race director, event coordinator, the staff feels right now that that's been canceled. And now they're faced with the decision to postpone the race or cancel the race. And they're not going to come back to you and ask you to pay another registration fee, but to move that race to another date is a monumental task. And no doubt, no doubt, Any of these races that have been canceled or postponed are going to lose money this year and beyond. There's no way around it. They are. And the reality is some may not even survive. So think about that if you are wanting a refund or a deferral. The best outcome could be that the race is actually run at a later date and you get to do it and that would be the best. But if you can't, and it's canceled please just consider your registration your contribution for the survival of future races you know i would have been in your shoes if i wasn't a race director because i really didn't understand how much went into these things and i'd just pay my registration and i'd show up at the start line and i'd run my race and enjoy all the goodies and festivities afterward and then be on my way I didn't realize the massive amount of work and coordination it takes to put one of these things on. And the race director and the event coordinator and their staff are very passionate about their event and they want it to go. It's a team effort. It's a wonderful, amazing team effort and the volunteers that get involved and, and everybody. It's a, it's a village to put these things on so you can get to the start line and run your run your race, and then have an enjoyable time. So please be kind. Please be kind to the race directors, their staff, or the event coordinator, even the volunteers or anybody involved in the race. They want it to go on just as bad as you want to run it. And, uh, you know, just accept the fact that that you will not get a refund. And, and anything that the race director and the staff comes up with that will help you out, uh, accept that and, consider it a gift, but I wouldn't expect anything. I really wouldn't. I would just want to see the race continue and to be able to have the opportunity to run it at another time. And that includes Boston. And I know many of you have worked very hard to qualify to run it. So I hope you have a little bit different point of view. And uh, feel free if you want to send me an email. My email address is jim at feelgoodrunning.com. That's jim at feelgoodrunning.com. Love to hear your point of view on all this. You know, it's a reality that uh, hopefully on a temporary basis, we're living with this virus and this whole situation and social distancing. and, And we're all affected by this and people that are business owners, restaurants and bars I hear are going to be shut down. Um, The economic effects of all this is going to be felt for quite a long time. So... Again, I just ask you to be a part of the solution and not the problem. And just be understanding and kind. All right, let's move on from this. And I have some running news stories that I put together that I think you'll enjoy. And uh, good luck. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands. And uh, wash your hands. All right. Thank you for listening to my blabbing let's go
0: searching anywhere and everywhere here is this episode's feel good running news
1: as much as we all enjoy running well we all know that running can sometimes be hard so maybe you are training for a race or just doing some long runs and sometimes that run just sucks I get it. I've been there. And maybe, maybe that particular run on that particular day takes everything you got both physically and mentally. Well, 26-year-old Joseph Oldendorf, originally from Chicago, but who now lives in Seattle, and just a few weeks ago went on a trail run for his life. Literally. Joseph went out for a 20-mile trail run by himself on the remote and technical Duckabush Trailhead in the Olympic National Forest in Washington State. He was about 12 miles into his run when he slipped on some ice and broke his leg. His tibia actually snapped. Understandably, Joseph was unable to move that leg, which made it impossible for him to get up. To make matters worse, there was no cell reception and the temperature was sub-freezing. So now survival mode kicks in. He was faced with life or death. So he crawled on all fours on a technically snowy, dirty and rocky trail. And he had to do this facing chest down to keep his dangling leg from moving out of alignment. Joseph crawled for seven hours until he was finally able to get cell phone reception, and that was just after midnight. He didn't know how long it would take the rescuers to get to him, and because of the sub-freezing temperatures, he needed to keep moving to stay warm. His knees were raw and bloodied, but his creativity came up with the idea to put his trail shoes over them to get traction. It helped a bit, but his knees were still very trashed by then. So what in the world was Joseph thinking about to keep him going? Well, he thought about his family and that he didn't want them to hear that he died in the wilderness, which, of course, would be a senseless death and unbearable for the family. So he kept crawling. Well, it took four plus hours for rescuers to reach Joseph and another three hours for a Coast Guard helicopter to arrive and airlift him out of the wilderness. And Joseph was hypothermic by then. They took him to a local hospital where he spent a few days to be treated for his injuries and stopped his recovery. According to firefighter Jerry Rule, who was one of the rescuers that reached Joseph first, said, He is a lucky guy. We actually found the patient four and a half miles into the trail. And it doesn't take much to take you out of the game on those rugged trails. And of course, being by yourself doesn't help matters. In total, Joseph crawled on all fours for 10 hours. Surgeons put a rod, a plate, and several screws in his legs. And recovery will take about three months or more. Despite the incident, Joseph does plan one day to hit the trails again. Well, Joseph, we are glad you're alive and your will to survive is amazing. Do us a favor. When you do hit the trails again, take precautions. Be very careful and smart. You know, cats have nine lives. Humans, well, we're only supposed to have one. Check out the show notes at feelgoodrunning.com for links on Joseph. And if you have the stomach for it, take a look at his bloody knees. And oh, yeah. The next time you are having a sucky run, think about Joseph. It may not seem so sucky after all. Well, most of you listening probably know about the app Strava. I'm an old school dude and I don't use it, but certainly know it's very popular amongst runners strava has 42 million users but not all are runners some are cyclists and i think you can even use it swimming so if you don't know what strava is well it is a social fitness app that tracks and analyzes running data through gps runners can then measure their performance and if they wish can share their activity and results on social media with friends social groups or even the world There are even Strava subgroups that can be set up. And there is even one with my former Wednesday night run group in Hawaii under the name of Valley Owl Roadrunners. And being old school, I never even knew it existed. Nice friends out there, huh? By the way, Strava is Swedish for strive. And I'll bet most of you didn't know that. Ha ha ha. Even an old school dude like me figured that one out. One feature that Strava provides that I think is amazing is called the Beacon. Now, the Beacon generates a unique URL that you can share with your safety contacts, such as family, friends, via text message, and that allows them to follow your activity in real time and in most cases is updated every 15 seconds. Now this is beneficial when you notify them that you're going out for a run. So if you happen to run into trouble or having an emergency, your exact location can be tracked. And I'm really big on safety. So this is an absolutely amazing feature. And also because so many runners use Strava, they upload routes. So if you're looking for some new routes to run in your hometown and maybe even on vacation, You might find plenty of them on Strava if you kind of look around. Well, maybe I should get on board with the times because uh, just moving here to Denver, I'd like to find some new routes. So I'm gonna check that out. That'll be my new friend. So you're probably wondering, what is the point of this? well, you know, Strava, they're not a sponsor. I don't have any sponsors, but here's what's going on. Strava recently reached out and surveyed 25,000 Strava app users who were invited through direct email and through invitations in the Strava application. Then they released a white paper titled, Why We Run. My dear friend Kathleen in Kihei, who also assists me with Feel Good Running, sent this to me in a link, and I wanted to share some information from the survey with you that I think you might find interesting. And you can also check out the survey, which I posted a link in the show notes at feelgoodrunning.com. And again, I'm not being paid by Strava. I just found the survey very interesting and I'll always share interesting items with you. That's how I roll. So first, the survey identified five types of runners, passionate runners, invested runners, fitness runners, mindful runners, and reluctant runners. So I selected some interesting statistics from this survey which I'll share with you now. Surprisingly, 8% of runners said they ran because they loved it, and 45% said they tolerate it, and 5% said they hate it. Hmm. The first mile of a run, 34% tolerate it, 11% love it, and 4% hate it. But finishing, 63% love it, 3% tolerate it, and 0% hate it. Of course, who's gonna hate finishing a run? We all know it's a euphoric feeling when you're finished. Come on, man. 48% of the runners do so to actually build strength, which they consider a big benefit. Now, to get out and run, 41% do so because of big running goals. 39% due to habit, and 15% because of guilt. Yeah, that's right, guilt. You never went out for a run because you felt guilty, have you? Hmm, let me think. The last time I went out for a run because I was feeling guilty because I wasn't out running was today. All right, now 25% said it was the best part of their day. I agree with that. And 21% said it was to meet a friend or a running group. I agree with that also. I found this next one interesting that 30% of the surveyed runners experienced a major life change in the past six months. A vast majority of these runners credit running as helping them cope with their major life change. And this next one is huge. 78% of those surveyed said that running helped when their children left home. Can't think of a better way to replace that void. Now 60 to 70% consists of a few things here. One of them is to uh, to get through a separation or divorce. I've seen it and I've lived it. That's very understandable. Or get through a significant illness or some lost their job or started a new job or moved to a new city or some retired. All of which were in the 60 to 70% bracket there. And this next one is near and dear to me. Over 50% of the runners surveyed run with others, whether it's friends or a running club. And this one's big. Runners that run in a group enjoy running more than those running alone. And that is by a wide margin. Now, women are more likely to run in a running club or a group than men. I noticed that. Been in a few running groups and it seems like the women outnumber the men. Now here is a interesting survey question. What time of the day do we run? 48% said they do their run in the morning, 28% in the afternoon, and 24% in the evening. But here's what's interesting. On the weekend, morning is definitely more popular. 67% do their run at that time. Makes a lot of sense. I personally have always done my weekend runs in the morning, especially when I'm with a running group because that's when they usually run. And as much as I personally look forward to the run, I look forward to breakfast afterwards with the group because because the social aspect of that is so important to me. And the final part of this survey I found a little strange. Men over the age of 55 are more likely to run alone. And if you're in your 60s, only 3% still run with colleagues. I wonder why that is? Why when you get older like that, that you prefer to run by yourself? I, uh, I'm not sure I understand that one, but uh, you know, Strava did a survey with 25,000 people, so I can't really argue with the facts. Well, I find these statistics extremely interesting. And um, I'm glad Strava did this. So, if you want a link to the survey, and also it includes that definition of the identified five types of runners, there's a link available in the show notes at feelgoodrunning.com. That's feelgoodrunning.com. Remember, feelgoodrunning.com. And finally, I want to give a shout out to my niece. Yes, that's right, my niece Sheree Wilson. She ran her first 10K ever recently. Now, she is a lovely woman in her early 50s, but she looks like she's in her 30s. She lives in Baytown, Texas with her amazing husband and two handsome sons. Well, several years back, she had a heart attack, way too young for that. And my brother, her father, he also had a few heart attacks. So heart issues kind of run in our family. And so far, knock on wood, I've escaped the Lynch heart issue curse. Now, Cherie has always been in good shape, but exercise was difficult before the heart attack. And after the heart attack, she worked on becoming healthier, started exercising, and enjoys it. So on February 29th, she ran the annual rodeo run in downtown Houston. And in an incredible time of 56 minutes and 25 seconds, which is a 9 minute and 6 second pace. She was 1,211th out of 2,945 finishers, placing her in the top 30% in her first race ever, and in her division of 50 to 54, she was in the top 17%, being 27th out of 158. I sent her a note on Facebook congratulating her and welcoming her officially as another runner in our family, and she wrote back. She said, Thank you. The inclines killed me, or I may have had a slightly better time. I often wish I had started running earlier, but before the heart attack, it literally hurt to run or exercise. Now that I'm healthier, I can't take for granted what my body can do. I have fallen in love with running. It runs quotation marks in the family. Well, I am so proud of Cherie and what she has accomplished. Not sure what her next race will be, but you can be assured I will be keeping track of her progress and results. And of course, I'll be here for her if she ever has any questions on running or needs any running advice. So a job well done, my amazing, wonderful, and of course, favorite niece.
0: Here is a running quote to keep you inspired and feeling good.
1: All right, runners and all listeners out there, it's time for my favorite part of the episode, and it is the quote. And we really need this quote in this very time that all of us in the United States and all over the world are going through right now. Our lives have changed almost instantaneously, it seems. Uh, I just found out that all the restaurants and bars in Denver are closing for eight weeks. Um, You can still take out and go through drive-throughs at restaurants, but you can't go in and sit down, can't go to a tavern or a craft bar. Retail stores are closing, you go to the grocery store, there's nothing on the shelves, even though there's a supply, people are buying it as fast as they can put it out. I went to Costco this morning and there was a line of almost 200 people waiting to get in. I chose not to stay in that line and it actually took me about 10 different grocery stores until I could find even a dozen eggs. So uh, things are different, definitely different now. Um, I miss my running group, I miss my running friends, gonna be different at uh, at least for the near future. So we need this quote really bad. And it goes like this, and it's from Bob Marley. It says, you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. Let me read that one more time. You never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. Well, folks, (laughs) that's our only choice right now is to be strong. There's nothing else we can do about this. And let's hope that, that this goes by fast, this virus, and uh, and it's with minimal minimal consequences to to our fellow citizens. All right, uh, you know what? It, because we're doing the self quarantine thing right now, and you're sitting at home forcing yourself to listen to my podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, it's nice to communicate. Send me an email, Jim at FeelGoodRunning.com and I'll respond to you. I definitely will. I think it's really important that we keep in contact as human beings at this point. Anyways, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Don't touch your face, stay distant from people. Don't be in crowds of more than 10 at one time. So if you're gonna go out with a group of runners and then there's 11 of them, well, you're gonna have to choose amongst yourself which one of those is gonna have to go home. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. Uh, Keep running. Keep out there. Keep active. And um, just let's get through this. All right. And uh, always remember, I always say this, just show up and always, always feel good about your running.
0: That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and spread the feel-good running vibe around you. Head over to feelgoodrunning.com to access all the links and resources mentioned on the show. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, feel good.